0: This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Dad Food. Do you like bacon? Do you like jerky? Try Go Bacon Adventure Ready Snacks. This podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like sh**, and other bad words too much. Listener description is advised. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast. A, Paul- <laughs> a, <Paul-cast>. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Go on. Joe. And I'm John. We're starting out strong this week. Uh, today we have a very special guest in the Detox Podcast studio. You think I'm special? Yeah. I, I mean, in the awesome.
1: short in the short bus variety. Yes. Is that still
0: PC? No.
1: Oh, I, I did not. Be- <laughs> that's
0: <weird>. uh,
2: <laughs> PC. Hey, uh,
1: I rode the short bus numerous times at, at school because our normal bus broke down, and so they would have to send little short bus around.
2: That's not why you rode the short bus. No. Oh, not. that's sad. I don't want to talk about that.
1: That's sad. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Uh, should I run our- in on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> him on. Our special guest dad today, Matt Gilbert Matt, welcome to the show Thank you, thank you Matt and us, we, Matt and Galan and, and, Golan and my, myself go back several years As we had a podcast before this one where we talked about nerd stuff nice. Big, oh. It
1: nerd was stuff, nerdy yeah. Actually, what's kind of cool is for a while John was giving uh, Blood Bowl updates And he was trying to, to paint his Blood Bowl army <laughs> And it's like someone else that understands Blood Bowl and 40k and everything
3: mm. Oh, oh you right. mean recently on
0: this?
1: Yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah. nice I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Nice.
0: Um. Yeah. So, anyways, today we're gonna be talking to Matt about a couple different things. We're gonna kick off Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, by delving into to Matt's family's experience with breast cancer and what they went through. And then also uh, on the Riding the Coattails of last episode, we're probably gonna get into uh, what it's like to have a couple of college age kids and how that whole process is going.
3: Man, I'm just like your twofer today. I know. No, that's right. Well, that's right. But especially because it's like you're not all that old to have.
1: Forty five. Two kids and, yeah, it's like two kids in college. Like. Yeah it's. Yeah it's
0: we're uh, after that we're gonna have of course our well some of our regular segments uh, dad jokes things to check out um, but uh, we're probably not gonna do ask the dads today because really all of our dad questions have been answered.
1: Yeah I mean I'm an expert at, th- at this right.
0: We fit it into the first twenty episodes we now did. we know everything there is to know about. Being hey a guys dead. we're hitting twenty one today.
1: We are legal we're drinking. Legal drinking age. So
2: we're talking about boobs in college for twenty one. That's are. right that's right. Or it's as John dramatic. likes to say chest cooties.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk. Hashtag chest cooties. Hashtag chest cooties. Um, so we play a little hashtag game here, where as we go throughout the episode, we get develop a list of hashtags, and at the end, we get to vote on which one we think should be the episode hashtag. Nice. We
1: have a strong, strong start. Yeah, We Bit do. Better. Yeah, Strong frontrunner.
0: So before we get into a deeper conversation about our, I, I use deeper, like I use that term lightly, uh, conversation about <laughs> what we <what, what> said <laughs> we're going to talk about today, uh, let's catch up with the dads and find out what you guys, what kind of dadding you guys have been up to since the last time we talked. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, it's amazing what you
2: do for your kids. Uh, Sylvia has been wanting to get a playground, like one of those little kid like playground what was that
1: oh the, I, i'm putting my phone up the, ellie has oh my this, god! ellie has a little box what so you, is this you put a it's a little box that okay you, it's you, yeah it's this little box it so looks you, like you a put a package. coin yeah it's you, a
2: kitty it's like a piggy bank but it's a kitty bank you put a coin on on it
1: and then hold on, let it go
2: you push the button and then a little cat reaches up Pulls the coin into the box like a real cat's pulling a toy into a regular box. It's, uh, that's, Shr-
3: that's Schrodinger Schrodinger's box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was,
1: I was, uh, it's funny I was putting my phone terrifying. away and accidentally and hit the that. The cat tried to grab your yeah. phone. So anyway, so what did uh, you do for a kid?
2: Oh uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Sylvie's been wanting to get one of those outdoor play like play sets that's It's like kind of small. That's like Little Tykes brand or whatever. And uh, yesterday Amanda found one on one of those Facebook buy sell trade groups for like twenty five bucks. Oh nice. And she instantly private message a the person. was like, I'll get it. So, you know, she was like, it's sold. So I went out and got it and we had to completely take the whole thing apart to fit it into my Equinox and then I got it back and I had to rebuild it. Um, you know, I made an idea kind of from like figuring it out where the pieces went but uh, it was kind of grungy looking but we spent like during Sylvie's nap time, we spent an hour just hosing it down, cleaning it, washing so it, was gonna, everything did, off. did you defecal matter? Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's good. But we got it, and then we put it back together. Put it in the backyard. Just <laughs> imagine the it, kid playing on it, just like <laughs> squirting
1: as they go down the
0: slide. Uh, they're filthy. They're little fecal the, factories. The, 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 <laughs> fecal and hashtag. And hashtag. The fecal mental
1: picture of just the kid shitting <laughs> all over the slides, and then the, kid, the parents being like, I gotta sell this."
2: <laughs> but uh, we got it. Uh, looking good as new and Sylvie loves it and it's nice to like this morning she was like can I go outside and play on my playground I'm like yeah I got the windows open and she just puts her shoes out and goes and plays and it saves me some time because I can get some chores done and she's entertaining herself but but yeah I made like a hour round trip drive plus the hour of putting it back together and cleaning it just so she could have what she's been wanting but I'll tell you what man 25 bucks you can't beat that
3: it's no. Yeah, it's probably hard. good that you had to take it apart.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
3: We, uh, when Angie and I were, I guess we'd been married a few years, my son was uh, three, maybe. We lived in an apartment complex over off of Lamar in Arlington. And we had, it was, wasn't was one that, that was that big, like that playground thing, but it was some of the same plastic little tykes type sure, stuff. Yeah. And it was out on the patio. And this this ho- hotel, this uh, apartment that we lived in, we had a pretty bad roach problem. I mean, you couldn't get oh, rid of the yeah. stupid things. So when we we lived there about I guess six maybe nine months, and then we, we took this thing apart to, to move, uh-huh. and when we did, there was an infestation of <gasps> roaches inside. Oh no! Oh. And, and my wife is screaming and peeing on the on the on the, on the concrete, you know, and stomping <laughs> and, and doing what women do whenever roaches come running out of furniture. What I do? Oh, <laughs> what <laughs> I do? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, night. Like- I, mean, is,
1: so, I just get a call from John. Uh, I have a roach. Can you come over and take care of it? His- yeah,
3: totally. <laughs> I have another roach story with Angie. But um, anyway, so we, we ended up leaving it at the apartment. Yeah. And, we, and if we hadn't taken it apart, we would have never known. And we would have just carried it with us. Yeah. It's probably a good thing you took that it apart. It is good. It made me go,
2: hmm, maybe in like a year I should take this all apart again and like redo this again.
1: Yeah, but- we have we have one in our backyard that we put into Ellie's pool. Um Oh, my! Dude, I, we woke Teresa up no that was for next weekend he couldn't be here next weekend um so Surprise. um we have a we have a slide outside and uh Ellie has a, like a what nine foot blow-up pool and my mom will put the slide in so that way Ellie can slide into the pool that's pretty cool but then we realized like somehow during when it would rain it would get like water in it and so oh, like and oh, so I ended true. up getting a drill and drilling holes so it would drain out i just went and mm-hmm. drilling instead of drilling because i'm from texas drilling, drilling. but now i'm like well crap down there's those holes there roaches can get uh-huh. in there and infest is- a col- like make a colony like there's probably like like you could it's, them- it's like the uh, men in black when you open up the locker or whatever there's like a whole like colony and community of roaches <laughs> in there now <laughs>
3: put some screens over it <laughs>
1: nuke it from orbit man get some like a yeah, some sp- screen screen, and just, screen patch yeah and stick that we had to do that with the dryer vent cuz there was a uh, we had a, we had a mouse get in yeah, not like, you not you guys it. are <laughs> such dits this is like yeah. hurting
0: <laughs> me listening to this so the the
1: the Screen or what I put, I put screen over the dryer vent. And but there that was, doesn't
0: deter galon. Nope. <laughs> he's pushing it. He's like, All right, I'm gonna keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Never so sad like, tree. this but, but horse that, is not dead yet. But, we're beating but, but it. Choo-choo. That wasn't roaches, it's was like a mouse was, mice were getting in. So we had we yeah. found like mice droppings in our uh, utility room. Let me, and let, like, me,
3: let me let me make it let me make one better. I do have a story. regarding. Oh. So um, we lived in this house and we were moving out to where we live now. We lived in this house on the east side of Fort Worth. And it was about a 20-year-old house, lots of trees, great yard. We loved it, but we needed something bigger. So we have the house on the market. We get the contract. It's, you know, going to to closing, and so we're fixing some things that were broken. Of course, that's what you do when you sell a house. And the front toilet, the front, it was like the guest bathroom toilet, hadn't worked in a few days. And I'm like, oh, great, you know, that's, that's par for the course. We're selling the house, and the toilet craps out. No pun intended. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I'm trying to plunge it. Nothing's happening. I'm taking the back apart. Nothing's happening. I'm like, okay, I got to call a plumber. Call the plumber out. And this guy gets out there, and of course he's trying to do the same thing I'd already done, and and it's not working. And and he's like, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this uh, take the toilet off, like completely dismantle it and, and pick it up. And we had to like scoop the water out because the water was not going anywhere. And he tried to get his little camera. They got the little snake camera down there. It wouldn't go. It was stuck. So, he's like, look, I'm going to pick this toilet up, and I want you to get underneath and see if you can see, like, if something's there. And I'm like, all right, great. So, he picks it up, and when he does, there's about a eight-inch tail hanging out the bottom of it. And I'm uh... like, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. And I was like, oh, man, I, th- I think there's a, a rat or, or something. <laughs> I don't know what, what it is because it, it was gray. So it had been there for a while, and it obviously started to decompose. Whatever it was, so he picks the <laughs> toilet up and he t- he takes it out into the front yard because the bathroom was right next to the front door. He takes it in the front yard, and he lays it on its side, and he like goes and gets a trash bag out of his van because he's like going to have to like pull this right. thing <laughs> out. This is dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he grabs it on the only available thing to pull. It was the tail. When he did, all the skin and hair came oh. off his he, I mean, he had a trash bag on, but still, it's the thought. And then he just retches.
4: All in the, oh.
3: He's uh, you know, just puking in the front yard, standing there, just hurling up his toenails. Anyway, he finally gets the thing out, and it's the biggest squirrel I have ever seen. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, you could have fed a family of six on this thing. It was enormous. And he uh, he puts it in the trash bag. He goes, I got to take this back. He goes, this was supposed to be a routine call. I've been here for two hours, and they're never going to believe me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the mutant squirrel. <laughs> but apparently, it had been kind of we'd been lacking in rain during that time, and so uh, I, I did not realize that um, whenever your lines from your toilet to the sewer are actually empty until you flush the toilet. It causes a vacuum. And so snakes and rats and squirrels and other things, if they're looking for water, they'll smell the water from the toilet, sometimes get in the pipes if they can, Uh. and, and they crawl up, and that's exactly what he did. But apparently what happened is... Um, It probably got up there and kind of got stuck, but whenever you flush, it causes that vacuum and it sucked him farther (laughs) in. (laughs) So it just completely drowned the squirrel in urine, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. That's (laughs) That's a way to go. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, If you got to go, go with a smile. It was a great... With pissing face. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that guy standing in the front yard just hurling his toenails up with that plastic bag in his hand with a tail. (laughs) Oh, dude. dude, (laughs) It was so gross. Uh, Anyway. All that, all that. See what your slide story got us. I know. <laughs> Talking about. You're welcome. Decomposing yeah. <laughs> squirrels. This Sunday. is a this is a rabbit trail of immense proportions right here. Wow. Knows a squirrel tail. Yeah. do. But no. There
1: you go. But it's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. So so Sylvie's already enjoying her yeah, slides. Yeah, it's good. That's good stuff, man. Um, we took Ellie or we had a wedding to go to. Um, and Ellie was a flower girl, so it's you know, um, uh, dropping her off, and basically she spent the better part of ten hours, you know, at this wedding you know for the for the preparation and then during it and then afterwards and there were two flower girls and one was a girl her age so she made a little friend nice um that basically kind of like just guided her around but it was just kind of cool like it's it's for ellie not going to preschool or anything the fact that that she can get along with uh with kids you know just kind of play to play with her, the, the girl and her little brother who was almost four and it was just kind of cool to see her play and then she was sad because the other girl and the boy left because they had to go home and, and go to sleep at a normal time we're like oh we're just little kid- our kids stay up till one o'clock it's okay um but uh but yeah that you know that, that's about it it's uh also the uh, the Ellie's been showing a little more interest in the little uh mini guitar we bought her nice and so uh, I was trying to show her in between I sent John a picture a few weeks ago where it's like her hands were big enough to do a power chord. And now, if she positions her thumb right, it is. So it's like her hands have grown just a little bit. So it's now a matter of... trying to teach her how to play guitar the way that I did. Forget lessons, forget (laughs) four-finger walk-ups and actually learning anything. I'm just like, if you
3: can play a power chord, you can play music. We're going to hack and slash at this. Just come on. (laughs) Hey, work for me.
1: I mean, I'm nowhere near, I should be skill-wise after 20-something years of playing guitar, but I started out with a power chord, learning Nirvana, and God knows what else back then. I just thought it was because you have sausage fingers. I do have sausage (laughs) fingers. Um, But it's cool. And and then I was uh, playing and trying to teach her like melody and like how to pick out notes and because she likes to sing so trying to teach to like teach her how to sing certain notes and mm. i have a song where the you know it, it's a basically one note per chord and just hearing her trying to find it, it was really cool so it's That's cool. um it's going to tie into to something in, that i'm going to suggest and the things to check out um around creativity and art and stuff but nice it's really cool to be able to share the, the one of the the few ho- hobbies and passions that i have with her
3: things to check out ellie's youtube channel
1: I, I tried. She wanted to start one. Actually, she wanted to start one called Ellie's World, where she would review like popcorn and candy and stuff. Because we were getting popcorn from a gourmet popcorn place. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she kind of lost interest in that. Mm-hmm. She still loves YouTube, but she's not necessarily want or, you know have a burning desire to be a YouTube star. <laughs> so I'm gonna miss out on that YouTube money <laughs> to supplement my me- my memory foam money.
0: You just you can make a whole YouTube channel where you're just reviewing candy. <laughs>
1: Come on, <laughs> I, I watched that. <laughs> Yeah, and then they go into a diabetic coma before the end of it. It's just part of the charm of the gym, right. <laughs> Like, just, the, and the just fast forward like, into like the eight hours that I've fallen asleep. Is, is he out. ever going to
2: wake up? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, oh, no. oh, that so, that's but, totally
1: reminds me. So this is, it's a little not PG, but it, uh, there was um, something posted on Reddit where it's like this. Uh, it's totally morbid, but it uh, this dude apparently old man would post videos of himself. uh... Taking on uh, Doing solo projects If you know what I mean
4: mm. Why are we talking about uh, it? Why are we talking about Because
1: I'll, I'll end up Editing this out And <laughs> putting it in His bonus content. Okay right. But like He just He He erupted And died on camera <laughs> And his wife comes in And finds him And
3: is like But it's like In all of his like Naked Engorged <clears throat> glory <laughs> I wonder if that's what happened With Sean's cheese story guy I have oh, no idea We're gonna
0: have him on In November Yeah or next, something, next and, month And uh we're going to try to get that story out of him. because yeah.
1: At least our bonus content. Dude, that was, I, I, it, I, he it, hates
3: it that I make him tell it everywhere we go somewhere with new people. Yeah, dude. I think Sean, tell him the thing. cheese story. Dude, he just rolls his eyes. In the two and a half
1: or the two years or whatever that we did or something like that, the Getting on Threes podcast. I don't think we've ever half. laughed that hard. Dude, that was that is the, one of the highlights of that and being catfish, which we've talked about in bonus content. Um, oh yeah, about the the yeah. Velveeta cheese and mayonnaise.
0: Yeah, so so look forward to that Velveeta cheese episode in November. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what have you been up to in Dad World recently? Um, these guys have young kids. You have a couple of college age kids, so you're probably I have a going 21, through. Twenty one,
3: almost twenty two year old and a nineteen year old. Yeah, fuck. One um, of those is a girl in college. She is a girl. She's taking I, a semester off. And oh, okay. She lives in Oklahoma, though, because she stayed up there. And then she's going to start back in I January. I pity you, man. I pity you. Why? Because you
0: have a girl. You have a college-age daughter. Yeah,
3: she's got a boyfriend, and, okay, and right. she's got her own apartment. And she's doing well. Uh, I'm pretty hard on my kids, and. Uh, I don't know. I just expect. I have expectations, and I'm one of these. I, I'm an asshole, so I, I'm pretty clear about communicating my expectations. <laughs> it's like, do it. You know, yeah. don't tell me you're uh-huh. going to do it and then not do it. Either do it, prove me wrong, or whatever. Oh, you um, yoda your kids. Do it. do I, not. I, I yoda the try. hell out of my kids, man. Good. There, there's no, there's no gray area with me. Um but I, I told her, because she wanted to go back to Oklahoma, and I'm like, why are you want to go back to Oklahoma? You're, you, you have essentially been forced to take a semester off, because when you don't do well, the college tells you you can't come back for a while. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well she's a freshman, and we probably should have held her back, I'll be honest, because her birthday's in April, and we started her in school with everybody else. We should have held her back. Um, there are definite benefits to holding them back. And so since we did not and you know, take that parenting initiative, the school has told us that they're going to take that parenting <laughs> initiative and forced her to stop for a while. Um, but she's, uh, she wanted to go up there, and I'm like, why do you want to go back to Oklahoma? You're going to live in an apartment. You're going to have to work 40 hours a week. Um, you know, You're not going to be able to save any money. It just doesn't make any sense in the grand scheme of things. But she was determined to make it on her own, and I was like, Okay, well, here's the stip- stipulations. Don't ask for money because we're not giving it to you. You know, you're making your own way. If you got to work three jobs, you work three jobs. Well, she's working one job. She's working about 35 hours a week, and she's got double her rent in her bank account right now. And she hasn't asked nice. us for money not one time. And I'm like, please, prove me wrong more. I yeah. will always yeah. <laughs> be happy with that. Prove yeah. me wrong. But she's happy as a lark. And um, she's got a boyfriend she's been dating for, I don't know, four or five months. And uh, I absolutely adore the kid. He's a great kid. He's good for her. And he adores her. So, um, she's doing well. She's doing really well. I haven't, I don't talk to her very often. I try not to leave her alone cause I don't want to be, you know, that dad and just call every day and right. bug her. I want her to let her, let her have her own life and talk to her. Angie, my wife will get on, um, uh, FaceTime. Angie has an iPad. We're not Apple people, but she does have an iPad and she does. Well, the only reason we have it is so we can FaceTime Riley. Right. And, uh, so when she FaceTimes her, I'll go in there and, you know, get on there and We'll talk and whatnot. But, and then Kyler, he's going to school. He moved back home, and so he's going to school at UTA. Nice. And uh, he found out that the program, he's a geology student, um, and he was supposed to be a senior. Uh, but when he comes to UTA, he finds out that their program is much more rigorous than the one at Oklahoma State, so now he's going to be there another year. Oh. And uh, But that's okay because <laughs> it's saving me a lot of money that he finally decided after three years to move back home instead of go out of state. Uh, but just dealing with him, you know, school's hard, and he's 21, and he's lazy, and, you know, he works 30 hours a week plus goes to school, and he's going to school. He's taking 14 hours, but he only goes two days a week, so he's there from like 8 in the morning to like 7 at night on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, um, you know, just trying to help him along and be encouraging. At this point, when you get kids that are this age, it's hard because when they're little, like you guys have, you're involved in their life. I mean, they are your life, right? And when they're, when they're older, like mine, you have to let them have their own lives. And it's really tough, especially when they live with you. Cause he didn't want to live with us. He wanted to get an apartment and all that. And I'm like, you're gonna have to have a job. And we already, he'd already struggled in school anyway. So we're like, this is not going to work. So we really had to tell him because one of his concerns was, is that if he lived at home, we'd be just up his butt all the time. And we have a two story house and he has bedrooms upstairs. And so we were like, look, as long as you just let us know where you're going, or if you're not going to come home, because even at that age, when your kids are out late, you stay up, right. or you wake up every five minutes wondering if they're coming home, or if they are home, or whatever. So those, we just gave him some simple rules, and he follows them, and we stay out of his hair. And um, it, it's going well, though. He seems to be much happier, and and he's doing pretty good in school. So, but that's that's my life now. <laughs> Trying yeah. to stay out of my kids' hair. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, you know it's interesting you talk about the the kids being our life because when we did our, our previous podcast, basically Ellie getting older and then a couple, couple was, was pregnant that with Ellie when we
3: started. Yeah,
1: because yeah. um, we started in 2012 or, or late 2011, maybe. Yeah, but it's you know as Ellie got got older, it was it was getting harder to dedicate you know the, the time to. to so if, if you're not aware, just a, a, a real high level of 40k is. There's a lot of, there, well, there's just a lot of research involved. You have to play games. You have to, to keep up with, with, you know, like the meta, like which armies are good. It helps to play people outside of your, your normal gaming group, but it's like our gaming group kind of moved to different parts of the DFW area, so it was hard to get games in, and then doing a bi-weekly podcast where it's like you, you're kind of relying on your knowledge of the game, it was just, it became hard. And I, I took, um I started doing something at work that just was very time intensive, and Yeah, basically from that point on, I mean, it's just been like, what is Ellie up to? So the the fact that he's like, they are alive, it's, I mean, other parents that are listening to this, especially new parents are going to totally relate to that because it's like you until really, I guess, until they get into school and you, you are like, okay, they're there for eight hours. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, especially like the, the toddler age kids and stuff.
3: Yeah, you learn. Well, we both we've worked from home forever. Angie and I have um, when we owned our business and now we both work for separate companies, but we still work from home because our companies are based in other states. And um you you find out that when your kids are in school, those are the hours when you have to be most productive because yeah. you know when they come <laughs> home, it's not happening. And so uh we were kind of blessed to be able to to work from home cuz You know, she could do laundry plus work at the same time, and I could do stuff around the house that needed to be fixed or whatever if it needed to. I could take some time off and then do it later. So it was was kind of unique. Kids had a a unique environment when they were growing up because of that. I don't know what they would ever do if we had, you know, worked in an office all the time. I always wonder what kind of kids they'd be or how they would have turned out differently had we not you know, just been around all the time. It's interesting.
0: Right on. Well... Guys, uh, now that we've caught up with all the dads, we're going to take a break here. Uh, John, we didn't far. catch up
3: with you. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: oh you're going to die alone. <laughs> no. yeah, like, oh, your legacy will die with
3: you. John is the surrogate parent to everyone's kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, it's it's fun. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but it is fun. I I enjoy other people's kids. You're like I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I don't want to say anything that would be considered a verbal legally binding yeah. verbal contract. Uh, no, we no, all but, die, and the judge is like,
2: "Who's next?" And like, well, we have this recorded podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's where like, John is taking everybody's kids. He's like, "That's good enough." So for me. it is decreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah see uh, John with Ellie and I, I, Bennett I, and I, Sylvie. Actually, as a, kids to, verbal, verbal contract
3: in, in Texas. <laughs> but, Here
1: you go. Because of when this is going to release. Um, and <laughs> between what you said. So John, of course, we've talked about is Ellie's godfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two days before this arrives, he is he is making the self-sacrifice to go see a very, very definitive kids movie. Um, the My Little Ellie. Pony movie? Yep. yep. Oh, you for you. But here's the thing. <laughs> this is Ellie's first... Opening night movie. Oh, so it is. In, in, in her being five, I think uh, I've mentioned before. Five is a milestone age, and I think this is a milestone event in in her life to be able to go and be a quote unquote big kid and mm-hmm. actually go to an opening night movie instead of having to wait two weeks like we normally do. Um, we've explained to her it's like you know there are you know there are people here that are paying good money to see this, and they don't want to be ruined by it. they don't have their movie experience ruined by some kid being loud who can't sit still. And this is. Your movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know we, we want the people that are that are most important in Ellie's life you know like that are active and, and everything to to be there and you know and, and as much as Uncle John loves movies I figured it was very appropriate for him to be there in that that event so he is making the personal sacrifice to go see the My Little Pony movie
3: is it is it because John loves movies or the fact that he has a full Brony costume is that why no. you invited him? <laughs> is it my is it
0: my uh, My Little Pony lower back tattoo? Is that why you invited me? <laughs> he's got Pinkie Pie. He's got a rainbow stamp. dash. His yeah, rainbow yeah. dash is on the front. <laughs> yeah. now, on my fupa. Uh, all right. All right. We'll be right
1: back after this word from our sponsors. If you're a parent on the go, and let's not kid ourselves, almost all parents are, or even if you're not a parent, at some point you're going to find your stomach telling you it misses food. You need something to give you a bit of a boost. You need protein. Go Bacon Jerky is a quick and easy way to get a bit of sweet and savory via the power of bacon. Whether you try the maple or sriracha flavor, from the moment you open the bag, you're going to enjoy the smell and taste of Go Bacon Jerky. Head on over to GoBaconJerky.com, place an order of this delicious jerky. We suggest the Killer Quad, which has two bags of both maple and sriracha. Use code DETOX, that's D-T-A-L-K-S, to get 20% off your order of $15 or more. Orders over $20 get free shipping. You can also subscribe from once a month up to weekly orders to go bacon jerky for an extra 10% off. Go Bacon was started by a team of regular Joes who wanted to challenge the status quo. Some companies care about money, some about fame, some to satisfy ego. Go Bacon is here to make you smile.
0: We're back with guest dad Matt Gilbert, mm. we're gonna kick off October uh, Breast, Cancer, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I think is how they say it. Yeah, I think that, that's how they um, say it in the biz. Sh- that's the chest, chest cooties. <laughs> yeah, that's the most disrespectful way to
3: refer this
0: terrible disease. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can make you it a know a few
3: ways. I'm not gonna <laughs> say. Yeah, one thing we learned doing all this is that you have to make humor of just about everything. Otherwise, you just cry all the time. Oh, <laughs> so I it's bet. be it's humorous. Be humorous.
0: So Matt, you have an awesome (laughs) wife, Angie, which you you mentioned in the first segment, and uh, yeah, we just wanted we wanted to get you on here and just sort of figure out what your story as a dad is from from the perspective of a dad who is the dad in a family that I'm going to say I'm going to talk about how you're a dad eight more times before I get to my point. Um,
1: (laughs) By the way, I'm a dad. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) If you weren't aware, Matt's totally a dad twice over.
3: Twice over.
0: Yeah from from your perspective as a dad, what was the whole journey through breast cancer, like for for you and your family, and I know there's it's still parts of it. There's still effects that you're you're dealing with things that you guys are still going through. Yeah, she
3: had surgery last week. So yeah,
0: so so we'll get yeah. to that. So I was wondering if maybe you could just start by walking us through the timeline. Um, how old were your kids? When you you found out there was something wrong, how did that develop, and uh, where, where did you go from there?
3: What's well, funny because uh, you mentioned Ellie being five, and um, I think we'd been doing this for like nine months. We'd been doing the other podcast when Angie got diagnosed, yeah. and so oh, wow. you, you guys kind of went through it on the, on the outside. Um, but it's been five years this month that wow. she was diagnosed, or she found her found her lump, um, so. Uh, just starting at the beginning, Angie, she, my wife, her favorite thing to do in the world is watch TV or movies. She absolutely loves them. She, you know, some people read, you know, we play games and whatnot. She wants to sit and watch TV. She loves it. She just that's her thing for me to it, it, like, you know, some women want you to like take them to dinner or go on walks in the park. My wife's idea of me spending time with her is to sit and watch TV with her. You won Which the lottery, dude. I did. I did. It's fantastic. So I just have to sit and get on my phone while and be in her presence, and she's happy. But anyway, um, of course, Angie's three years older than me, uh, and so she had been watching this show I don't know if it was on Netflix or on Showtime or whatever called Nip Tuck. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. wow, well, yeah, yeah. yeah the I think two, it was the TFX. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It was two the two male plastic surgeons yeah, yeah. that were, you know, in Hollywood or whatever. And I think it was like 6 or 7 seasons yeah. long. It was a decent show. And she loved that show. Well, and I guess it's towards one of the last two seasons or so one of the surgeons being a man comes down with breast cancer mm. and he finds it through a self-examination and you know, he goes through his whole ordeal. We're laying in bed one Saturday morning, and she's like, Oh, you know, I haven't done an exam in a long time. It'd been like, and she hadn't had a mammogram in uh, like 15 months, so she was overdue for her mammogram. And so she was 42 at the time, 43. Yeah, she just turned 48, so she was 43 at the time. Um, so she's doing an exam. She's like, Holy, you know, holy shit, I found a lump. And I was like, oh, you're just paranoid because you've been watching this show. Right. No, she's like, yeah. no, I'm serious. Come here. Put your hand here. So I'm feeling Score. in the war. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but in, you couldn't see what I was doing, but I was acting like I was grabbing boobs anyway. So for, for those at home. I think they got that. I'm, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just in case. The, the, sound, effect, yeah. the sound effect yeah. was pretty realistic. Really is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: I'm 13 years old. on the inside.
3: So um, anyway, I start feeling around and. And by and large there was a a lump and of course to me it feels like it's the size of my head um and to her it's huge and so she's freaked out because the her mammogram 15 months prior had been clean there wasn't anything there wow so whatever this was is was either too small at the time to find on the mammogram which is common um or that's why they want you to have them done every year uh and um You know, had grown really, really fast. So we go Monday down to uh, one of the specialized mammogram places. Um, You know, this was Saturday. She actually called on Saturday to to try and schedule the mammogram. They didn't have time on Saturday, so we went in on Monday. And we get in there, and they do the mammogram, and they're like, yeah, you have something. You know, we see this, uh, and they saw where it was. And they actually moved her straight from that to biopsy like while we were there and we were like oh and of course she's freaked out and i'm freaked out and i'm still trying to what the hell's going on and and it's funny because there's no diagnosis of cancer or anything but you're terrified and um you know as 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 humans when you get scared of course anger is always a secondary emotion and you get you get frustrated and angry about stuff and so you know, I was a little on edge, and I think I bit my kids' heads off a few times just because I was so overwhelmed with what was going on with that. And uh, Anyway, a couple of days after that, they call, and uh, they tell her, you know, yes, this is breast cancer. Um, we don't know what type yet, and there's all this information that you want to know, and it's amazing how much they don't know. Whenever you wow. get a cancer diagnosis, the only thing they can really tell you is it's cancer, uh, and it takes them wow. forever to figure out what it is. So, um, once she got diagnosed, of course, there's a lot of tears and we just sat and cried and, and, and we didn't know what to do. And it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And you know, what's this going to mean? My hair going to fall out. I mean, you have all these just, I'll, I'll tell you that Hollywood is horrible when it comes to your health because everything you see on TV and movies and stuff, most of it is just complete BS. Uh, but it sits in your head, you know, and you equate it with all of that, um, and so it's it's uh it's it's just weird but um so we went to go see this they sent us to this thing called a nurse navigator and basically what a nurse navigator does is walks you through the process of treatment up into up to chemotherapy and they they help you with getting your surgery scheduled they help you with um you 're you know dealing with mastectomy because mastectomy is is horribly brutal it 's funny because we can send a man to m- the moon we can we 're putting people on Mars in the next few years, but we still treat cancer like it was in the middle ages we literally do chemotherapy is designed <laughs> chemotherapy is designed to kill cancer, but it kills everything else in the process
0: like we hope we kill the bad stuff before we kill all the good
3: stuff it, it, it is a it 's a uh, uh, what do they call it um uh, scorched earth policy Mm. we're gonna burn everything so we kind of get the bad guy that's over here but we're gonna burn everything around it that's chemotherapy and it doesn't always work um so, uh, this nurse navigator scared the hell out of us because we go and sit and talk to her. And of course I'm in there and Angie's in there and she's telling us all this stuff about it. She starts focusing on the complications and, you know, things that might happen. And it's all a big, what if, cause everybody's different. Your experience right. as a, as a person is completely different when it comes to cancer. Um, she's got all these friends that came down with breast cancer and their experience is 900% different than ours. um, But this nurse navigator scared the hell out of us to the point that I got angry with the nurse navigator. And I was like, don't you think you could, you know, say this in a manner that, I mean, we just got this devastating diagnosis that could possibly end her life. And here you are, you know, nonchalantly telling us all this information and like, it's no big deal. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do. We're in tears, you know, in this lady's office. And I kind of got on to her. I felt bad. Her name's Melody and we're still friends with her. Um, And she, I don't know, she changed, but um we left that appointment and we didn't say anything we got back in the car and we just sat in the car and cried for about an hour uh and didn't know what to do and got home and it's funny because we went to the nurse navigator it had been about a week maybe 10 days and of course when you get a diagnosis that you have an active tumor you know, with my wife, she the only thing she could say was, "I don't care if I have to do it now. I need to do it now. I want this thing out of me." You know, and it was, I, and and they don't. There is no hurry when you get diagnosed with cancer. There's no hurry. That's crazy. They're not man. in any hurry at all. They're like, "Oh, you know, we're going to do the surgery in a month. A month? This thing's killing me. Yeah. Get it out." You know, they don't care.
1: It, it goes to the you know my my dad has had I was telling you guys before we started recording like he has a, yeah. a nodule on his lung and one on his kidney, and they're, they're The doctors are. All right, well, let's just wait until it grows, and it's like that waiting game can oh, can be deadly. It's awful, especially when you're dealing with lung cancer. Like,
3: I and mean, lung it, cancer is highly aggressive.
1: Yeah, so it's just it's interesting that, yeah. that it's that you guys experience that, and I understand like we're further, you know, with maybe with breast cancer or whatever. But it's like I, I can only imagine going through that. You're like, wait, you want to just take your time? Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway it's no big deal but all these it's years what, later what, like yeah it's, it's
0: like, awful yeah what, what kind of wait con- yeah what kind of condition do i have to come down with that you would actually deal with right now yeah. like what's higher than the list on the list than aggressive something
3: cancer? has fallen off or has yeah. been yeah. chopped yeah. off yeah. you know and there they kind of get to you pretty quickly but but with cancer they don't and it's it's odd because there are those cancers out there that are highly aggressive i mean you know, pancreatic cancer isn't known, and God, God forbid anybody in this room or anywhere ever have to deal with that. Um, but it's known to be highly aggressive. I mean, there are people that are diagnosed with it, and six weeks later they're dead. You know, yeah. and and, and, and I, I I get that it's often found when it's fairly well advanced, but um, because it's one of those cancers that doesn't have any symptoms. But um, with Angie, you know, <clears throat> it really was a hurry up and wait type game and it was just frustrating and I think at the beginning that's the most frustrating part of it is because you're terrified you have no idea, you've only seen the movies you know, somebody comes down with breast cancer in a movie and by the end of the movie they're dead and you're like, oh I've got two hours to live You know, <laughs> it's not real but, but this is the way that's right. the way your mind works right. with it so um, uh, i we're mean, just scared and there's so many unknowns and you can ask every medical professional that you have seen and they don't have any answers for you everything is, well we just don't know we, we have to wait and see, and we have to look at this, and we have to look at that, and you want answers. I mean, you go to the doctor, and when you have strep throat, and they do the rapid strep, and they can tell you before you walk out the door, you've got strep throat, we're going to give you a shot, and here you go, three great. days later, you feel great. With cancer, does not happen that way at all. They have to have a meeting, they have to put together a plan of action, they have to have surgery first, then they have to deal, find out what kind of cancer it is, so they know how to tailor your treatment, and you have to get set up for the treatment, and then you have to do the treatment, which is, you know, over a series of weeks and months. I mean, it is no hurry at all, and it's, it's crazy. And so, all
0: of this with no
3: guarantee? None. None. No guarantee whatsoever. There no. is no guarantee at all. Um, so she has the mastectomy. It was only in the left side, but she went ahead and had the double, um, breast cancer does not travel from one breast to the other. Uh, they're two separate, um, physical entities, so they don't go, but unless,
0: unless your wife has a uniboob
3: a uniboob. Yes. Yes, the the single most most people's wives don't have uniboobs. Right. <laughs> I have a uniboob. <laughs> I have one nipple in the middle of my test. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the uniboober. Uniboober Hashtag #uniboob. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, so she went in and she went in and at the time we owned our practice management company. We we owned that for a long time and one of the surgeons that we did um you know, the practice management for, the billing for, did her mastectomy. And she went ahead and had both removed. And, um, of course, he sewed her up. And, and I mean, it, you know, I, I, I can't really describe it other than, than she looked like Frankenstein, and that sounds extremely disrespectful. But, I mean, it, it's really what it looked like. I mean, she just had this. Lot it, looked, it looked like she'd been through an autopsy because wow. she had these just two giant scars across the front of her chest and, you know she's she has what's called a funnel chest it's where her sternum your sternum is normally flat her sternum is tilted at like a 70 degree angle so it actually pushes her lungs and heart to the right um and it also caused her when i met her um she was like a c cup on the left and like an a on the right so it caused one of her breasts to not form fully and so she had had implants put in when we were first married and kind of evened it out Uh, but, uh, so now, I mean, she had absolutely nothing and her funnel chest was like super pronounced because it was just nothing but skin, you know? Um, and so she did that and that was the first, first surgery. She's had 13 now in the last five years. Wow, Uh, dude. Yeah. Um, so she, she has the surgery and does the mastectomy. And of course they, when they do that, they, um, they look at where the, the, um, tumor is. And then they look at what it's kind of attached to, and then they put this. It's a radioactive isotope. They inject it into your lymph system, and they trace it with this tracer thing, and it'll sh- It'll it'll attach itself to cancerous cells in the lymph nodes, and then they basically take out lymph nodes up to the point where it stops. Wow. So they took out 17 lymph nodes under left arm, and under her arm, and uh, that's quite a few <laughs> lymph nodes. Um, And the surgeon was, when you take out lymph nodes like that, if it's traveled that far, um, there's a really high chance that it's metastasized, it's spread. Um, And so, you know, the surgeon didn't say that, but he told us about the lymph nodes. um, And, you know, he was treating Angie just like she was a queen and trying to make sure she was comfortable and everything. And. Um, she goes back on the follow-up and after he gets the biopsy back and he's like, yeah, it was this far along. And, and, um, it took them three months to figure out what type of cancer it was because they had to send it to four separate reference labs because the, there's, there's three to narrow it down. There's more than this. There's a lot more to it, but to narrow it down, there's basically three types of, or three types of tumors uh, in breast cancer. And it's, it's, they're based on what they feed on, what they grow, what causes them to grow. There's one that's estrogen positive and I'm not a physician by any means. So I'm probably screwing this all up. Please don't take this as medical advice, but, um, there's one that's called estrogen positive and they refer to as ER positive or ER negative, And that means that it, the estrogen in your body is what's causing that, that cancer to grow. And then they have, um, um, uh, ER negative, which is not estrogen. It's something else. And then they have a thing called triple negative. And and there's another one, too. I'm completely forgetting all of it, thank God, because it's not something I really wanted to deal with the rest of the whole life. We've gotten past that point. But triple negative is almost like a death sentence. And basically, triple negative is, okay, it came back that none of the normal things are causing your cancer, and we really don't know what's causing it. So they don't know how to treat it, and it's typically the most aggressive. And then you have... Um, I don't know how to say if I'm saying this right, but you have like in C2 because you have breast ducts where the breast milk travels, and sometimes the tumor will be encapsulated inside a breast duct, mm. um, and if it gets out, then it's bad. And then you have some that are on the outside, and I mean, there's all kinds of. It's crazy uh, how much there is to it. But hers was not inside one of the ducts; it was outside. The tumor. It's funny because when I felt it, I, I'm not kidding you, it felt like it was a baseball in her boob. Jeez. But the tumor was about. I think they said it was like three and a half to four centimeters, which is still fairly large. Uh, but it was like an inch and a half golf ball size, really. Um, but they, and then they grade them. So you've probably heard like stage one, stage two, stage three, et cetera. Yeah. Um, then they have subgrades a, B and C under that. And so Angie ended up being a three C, which the next step is four and four is me- metastasis. So if you ever hear somebody stage four cancer, it's spread. It's all over. Um, Hers was a 3C, and the way they gauge that is the, um, the stages are based on the location of the tumor and what it's done and, and how it's grown. Um, so like stage one, it's all localized. It hasn't gone into lymph nodes. It's fairly easy. You can usually just take it out and you're done and you're good. Stage two is it's grown a little bit. It might have you know, some, uh, some um, larger tumor margins and it's starting to infiltrate the surrounding tissue. Stage three is when it gets into the lymph nodes and starts moving. Uh, and stage four is when it spreads everywhere. Um, and then they have subgrades. And the subgrades are based on... Um, when they do the biopsy, they look at the number of cells that are in active mitosis. So how many cells are actively splitting? How aggressive is this tumor being? And anything over 20% of the cells is is considered a C. And hers was 65%. So it was like a super aggressive tumor. That that
1: explains why in the one year, it it was yeah maybe too small and then all of a sudden yes
3: yeah so it was a super aggressive if she hadn't have found it and if she had waited to have her mammogram done by the next time she was supposed to do it it more than likely would have spread everywhere probably she probably would not so be alive it, that. it so- goes
1: like i mean in, in, in especially as dudes like we see like oh yeah do your do your you know examine yourself and we see all this stuff mm-hmm. but that just illustrates the importance of oh absolutely uh, of self-checking in between you can't can't, and, and especially for guys, like when you know, there's things. like, I don't know if it's checking prostate or whatever, but it's like
3: I'm not checking my own. prostate. No, well, no, but it's like, but it's like
1: the, the things that, that it's like, like you, you have these annual things, or, or I'm
3: not checking yours either. Okay, <laughs> take a couple
1: of drinks first. But it's, uh, you know, like, or I guess one of the things is like, it, it's guys, we don't go to our annual exams, like, no. and it's like, oh, it's been, oh, it's been three years. Who cares? Yeah, you need to be almost and dying as a man. It, to yeah, go to go no, Yeah, but but it's like that it, it just shows, especially with women and and the ability to to check their breasts for lumps or whatever it is the importance of that because yeah so what we're saying is dads
0: uh go squeeze your wife's boobs right please, now
3: please please do squeeze your wife's boobs all the time um <laughs> and of course Galan's wife walks up <laughs> when i say um, that.
1: Yeah. she asked me cuz there's there's a, a she's doing laundry and she asked me what is this stain i don't remember it's it's just spinach and I, and i i put the <laughs> i put the oxy stuff on it um but yeah so it's, it's just it, that, that that's incredibly amazing to me that it's like Had she waited, and so many people do, maybe, and had she not been watching Nip Tuck, Mm -hmm. like, and and been mindful of, like, oh man, I need to do this. That's just crazy that it's, uh, I'll I'll, I'll check next weekend, and then next weekend becomes next month, and Mm -hmm. it's just... It, it's off. a difference that, that her checking and you guys finding that is, is literally the difference between life and death for
3: her. Oh, Nip Tuck saved, saved her life. Yeah. I, I, I tell anybody that. That show <laughs> saved her life. It's weird. Yeah. How many people can say that? All right. I, I'm sure there's probably more. I, yeah. I would be really surprised had others not. Because, because
2: it gets you thinking about things you never would otherwise. It's the well, thing and,
3: the, and it really got her thinking because it was a man that got it. And men sure, can yeah. get breast cancer. Yeah. There are a lot not of well known men that can. It is less common. Yeah. Um, it, people, yeah I wonder. Like, like you know?
0: I feel like it, it's, it's kind of. It's kind of embarrassing. Has to be embarrassing for a guy, yeah, to get breast cancer. Like it would be just as embarrassing if a woman got
1: prostate cancer. You know what I mean? Seeing as
3: they don't have a prostate. That would be really, (laughs) really embarrassing. I was like, well,
1: (laughs) it would be really embarrassing. (laughs) There's some mixing of genes going on. Yeah, but no, but you know, you talk about like the 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 delay in the identification, Mm -hmm. and and you look at you're talking about Hollywood. You look at the movie Fifty Fifty. Yeah, you know, and it's like. At what, he he go in for routine blood work, and then the doctor's like, blah, 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 you have this blah, 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 and mm-hmm. just spits it out on his first visit. <laughs> yep. And it's just like... I that's a, I, I figured that's the way
3: it worked. Yeah, I, I honestly would rather be mugged in a dark alley, uh, you know, and stabbed sixteen times than go through that again. Because that's, that's a very that's ki-
1: specific number. That's
3: kind of how I equate it. Yeah, is is yeah. that uh, I went? We went to the doctor to find out what was going on, and he essentially mugged us and stabbed us because right. it's it's that blindsiding. I mean, you yeah. just don't. You don't expect it. I mean, even even if you find it and they go through the biopsy and they do all that, you still go in with some, you know, modicum of, of op, op, you know, optimism. And yeah, then, right. then they just rip the rug right out from under you. Holy crap. Well, but, and um, then tell you that they're, you know. Yeah. We're going to wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and and we're going to send you to this doctor, and then you call to make an appointment with a doctor, and of course, they don't have anything for a month.
1: Right. <laughs> they're like, Aah. They're on vacation right now. Right. They'll yeah. be back. Yeah, they're play in the off to in, the, in the keys. Yeah. And but, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it, one of the things that when I initially talked to you about doing this months ago, one of the things that really stuck with me is you said that as a husband – you know, it's your job to fix things. <laughs> yeah. And so many of us yeah. take that that approach. Oh, yeah. um, and then you're like, but I felt powerless. He's like, yeah, you, you told me that there was nothing that you could do yeah. to fix it. And that's something that that has stuck with me and um, really wanted to get you on to, to talk about that. So what we're going to do real quick, let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about how this affected your kids. Because you've already mentioned biting their heads off a couple of times, which is completely mm-hmm. understandable. Because... Shit, when I get stressed at work, like sometimes I come home and it's like, yeah. or stressed at anything and it's like, our kids get on our nerves sometimes, oh, yeah. and it's really easy to, to take that out on there. So cool. let's let's come back and see how that affected your kids, how your kids dealt with that, and how basically you are being a support system for your your wife and still being a dad at the same time. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we are back with our guest dad, Matt, and I was telling him in between these segments that there was one of the things that really stuck out to me that he said when I first talked to him about being on and was that, you know, as a husband and and kind of as a father too, it's like it's our job or some of us feel like it's our job to fix things. And with breast cancer, you can't. And, you know, fortunately your kids were teenagers, so it's a little easier for them to have understood what was going on. But I imagine for them especially seeing you guys as upset as you, you, were, um, you know, that, that was probably confusing, upsetting, uh, you know, it, 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 on top of all the myriad of emotions that teenagers go through. So I think what I'd like to touch on now is how did that affect you, your parenting? How did you guys bring your kids on board with all that? Um, and what was kind of your experience with them throughout this process?
3: You know, it was really interesting because we kind of expected, you know, we didn't know what to think about our kids. And should we tell them? Should we tell them the truth? And we are the type of parents that have always been 100 percent transparent with our kids for just about anything. And I mean, we, we fight in front of them and we make up in front of them and we always did that because we wanted them to see it's okay <laughs> gross no, not literally I mean I, I was with you <laughs> yeah, I was with you thanks
1: Joe <laughs> Teresa's like uh, uh, silent like
3: we're really open over here <laughs>
1: no
0: um, you're, you're like it's just nature kids it <laughs> it's just nature how do you think you guys you here? see it in <laughs> National
3: Geographic I mean come on you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> who wants a little brother
0: <laughs> who wants a little brother <laughs>
3: Oh okay now that I am thoroughly red in the face. Um, oh my god. My glasses are fogging up. <laughs> um, oh that was a job
1: no, nugget of one.
3: We <laughs> one let we let them one. see us be nice to one another after an argument because kids nowadays aren't even the same when oh. we were all kids. When you fight, you know, you when you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend in 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 grade school's case, right? No, <laughs> or a dog friend, whatever. In um, Joe's case. <laughs> <laughs> in grade Glass school eight. if you're if you, if you got in a fight with them, well, then you just broke up with them, and you right. went on to the next person. And un- unfortunately, that attitude, it, it's kind of pervasive even when you get to be an adult, especially nowadays. And so we wanted them to understand, because I've been married 22 years. Going We've been together. We only dated for five months before we got married. In January, <clears throat> it'll be 23 years. Um, and we have had our share of arguments and fights, and this definitely exacerbated that because it was so difficult. But... We wanted them to, you know, we, we always wanted them to make sure that they understood you can fight with somebody. It does not mean you don't love them. Right. You know, you you are people and you're going to have differences and you're going to argue. And if everything about you is the same, then you need to probably be with somebody else because they're not challenging challenging you. Right. And um, so with our kids, we waited until we knew specifically what was going on it was before the surgery but we we came and we sat them down and we talked to them and you know there were tears shed and it's funny i have amazing kids and i'm gonna really try not to get emotional um but my kids let's see it was five years ago kyler's 21 so i guess he was a junior might have been his senior year and riley was a freshman or a sophomore. And we told them, and it's funny because you know you kind of expect your kids to just have this major meltdown and breakdown, and they were both fine, both of them. Wow. And Kyler came back and goes, "I'm not worried about it, Mom." I mean, he literally said that, and he was, and he walked upstairs, and we we're like, "What just happened?" You know, is this 17? But it's funny because um, I don't know if it's if it's their faith or or what whatever it is, just belief system or. Or I don't know if they just had a comfort about it. My daughter took it a lot harder than my son did. She wasn't emotional, but she you could tell that she gravitated closer to Angie during that time and um, they did more things together, and she, you know, talked to her about it, and they would have moments when she would just cry, and, you know, they would love on one another, And one, especially when Angie had to go through something pretty difficult, and mostly because Riley's terrified that she's going to have to go through it as a woman. Yeah. And, you know, we had Angie got tested for the gene, the BRCA gene, to see if they had it. Both our kids were tested. They both have about a 50% chance of actually getting it, wow. Um, wow. so they have to watch it. My daughter, uh, and, and the funny thing is, is with this, Angie has no history of cancer in her family of any kind.
0: Wow. Um, n- really?
3: None. No. On her dad's side, it's mostly heart disease. Um, and then on her mom's side, nothing. I mean, her mom's parents lived to be in their 90s, and, um, you know, her grandfather had health problems mostly due from, from smoking. But, um, uh, yeah, there's no history of cancer on both either side of, of you know, even, even going back into you know, not direct descendants. And um, so Angie kind of got dealt a shit hand. But both kids, you know, when they were tested, I have about 50% chance. So now my daughter, she has to pay attention a little sooner than most women would be. And she was advised to start getting mammograms, I think at 25 or 28, something like that. And uh, so we talked to them and and they were just really, it, it was amazing because both the kids were extremely supportive. They were very, very good. Um, I mean, with our family, so when you have cancer, and when you have cancer in your life, and you see this a lot of times, you see people that, you know, they they lay in bed all the time, and they sleep a lot, and they don't eat, and kind of mope around, and they don't go out, and if they do go out, they look like they're on death's door, and you know, they obviously just kind of don't feel good, and I get it, that's some people, but Angie, (laughs) We we got to the point where every doctor's appointment we went to was bad news for a while. Every doctor's appointment. And we were like, we can't, can't keep doing this. So we kind of made a pact that we're going to go to the doctor, and every time there's bad news, we're going to give ourselves 24 hours to grieve. Because you literally have to grieve. I mean, if you don't grieve, then, I mean, you just hold all that inside. And so we said, we're going to give ourselves 24 hours to grieve. We're going to let our kids know, you know, if, if, if we go in the room, and we shut the door, or if we're kind of down in the dumps, you know, it's maybe because something's going on and, you know, just tried to make sure that they were aware of, of you know, our emotions and, and just everything that was going on. So, but after that, we said after that 24 hours, it is life is normal. Because you have to make life normal. You have to go out and do things. You have to go to the store. you got to do laundry. you got to get up at a decent hour. you got to take a shower, put makeup on. Right. You know, my wife would get out of bed to go to chemotherapy and put on makeup, get dressed, go to chemotherapy with a good attitude, so much so that she still goes up there. It's been five years. She goes to the chemo room just to talk to people because they ask her to come back. That's awesome. And she said, um, she said, I have to have a good attitude because I don't want to be that person that just lays in bed all day. Yeah. And she's like, I want to. I want to just go home and lay to bed and sleep all the time, but I can't. And so one of the most important things when you get a cancer diagnosis is to make sure your life is as normal as possible. And we tried to do that with our kids. We um, took them out, you know, we we did more things with our kids. You neglect it, you know, you do stuff with your kids, but you really neglect the time you spend with them. So we started spending more time with them and, and, you know, taking them out to eat and, and doing fun things and, you know, sitting down and talking to them more and listening to them. Um, and we did that with each other as well. And it's funny because you lay, you lay in bed and you start having these conversations that you never thought you would ever have in the entire time you're married. Like, what are you going to do if I die? You know, I want you to remarry. My wife actually told me that. And I was like, hell no, I'm not going through this again. <laughs> she was like, you're rude. and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, we, we tried to make light of it, but you have to have those conversations about what, what are you going to do with the kids? Here's what my wishes are, you know, if something happens, cause you, you have no idea, and um, you know, she she went through chemo. Normally, with chemo for breast cancer, they do one session and then you wait three weeks and you go back for another one. In hers, they did it every other week. Wow! And they also doubled up on the chemo. Wow! And so she had two different types of chemotherapy. The first one was seven rounds. And um, is it is it true, real quick, as you're talking about talking about mm-hmm. like the worst case scenario? Like you have to come up with.
0: Plans for every contingency, Absolutely. Or, or whatever. Um, Absolutely, is it true that her wishes were after she died? You want she wanted you to shoot her body out of a cannon into the Trinity
3: River? It wasn't. It wasn't the Trinity River. It, it was into the ocean. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. But the cannon part was right. Absolutely. Um, no, no. you being a ass. I mean, smart I mean but we're in. A, you know, at it's the time. A question for a second. I, I'm 40 years old. I just turned 40, and um, or was about to be 40. She's 42 at the time, almost 43. And when all Man. the diagnosis happened, and you don't think that you need to make funeral plans. Right. at that age but we we did you know we had to you know, she's like i don't want to be buried i want to be cremated and so we got all that taken care of and, i mean she has life insurance that you know she holds on to now um uh and the farther away she gets from the cancer diagnosis the easier it is on the life insurance but oh, you know okay. we make sure that we have you know insurance and stuff and um so we went through all that she went through chemo and her hair fell out that was traumatic um as a man, you know, I'm bald. I've been bald for 15 years. I shaved my head because my hair fell out. And it is what it is. But you never really, you know, there are guys out there that they're like, oh my God, I'm going bald. I'm going to do Rogaine and whatever and hair plugs and all that. And I never really gave a shit. I actually look better without hair than I did with. But you're a stunning bald. Thank man. you, John. Yeah. Bald I is I so much. I, mean, I think
1: that there's something missing in my life and it's seeing pictures. Your hair's the you longest hair. I think
3: I've ever seen it. Yeah, I need to shave mine. Well, next time you come over, I'll show you. There's pictures of me with hair. Yeah, I, I don't think in all, yeah. all the years I've known you. That. I had great hair. I really did. I had great hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had good hair.
0: You better not be like, here's my great hair, and it's a mullet. It's
3: like, it's like <laughs> it's late eighties. Like it hey, sounds man. like a late
1: 80s Suave <laughs> commercial. Uh, Back when Suave wasn't like a budget brand.
3: Right. <clears> but... um, V V 5 That's funny. But so... Um, Angie Angie's hair so she started chemo in actually the week week before Thanksgiving and um they do the first round and, and so she didn't get sick the first round. It wasn't that bad. It made her kind of tired. And it was this kind that of, I don't know the technical name of it, but they call it the red devil because it looks like Kool-Aid when they put it in the bag. Oh, wow. And, but it's, it's also, well, at least be, they try
0: to make it fun. Right. Yeah. De- oh yeah. We're gonna, now we're going to put oh, yeah. in the, uh, the blood Satan. Yeah. Into yeah. yeah. And here and, comes I, the succubus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they,
3: and they put this poured in anyway, that it's usually it's right underneath your collarbone and it goes directly into, um, I think it goes into your vena cava, which is one of the large veins that goes into the heart. So when they put this chemo in, it goes straight to your heart wow. because they, they want to get it in your body. immediately. Yeah, and they can't put it in your arm veins because it would just destroy them.
0: I'm on board so, with that.
3: <laughs> um, but so they're putting, you know, they hook her up, and this needle is about as as long as my my penis is. Dude, that, that makes it. me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I like how oh, you said, edit that out. Said that while you're gesturing with your pinky finger. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, there, oh, so not that bad. Got there, there, there's one thing manageable yeah, you mentioned <laughs> yeah. you mentioned yeah, a, big, a big needle and my my butt just instantly puckers like i give blood and that's a pretty I big thought, needle i thought and your I butt puckers because i mentioned my penis <laughs> no yeah <laughs> what i was gonna say <laughs> no but it's just like get out of my head joke like the, the idea of like the the, the, the getting the details because my dad said you know he, he's dealt with prostate and esophageal cancer mm. he meant he went through the the chemo with that but we never talked about that it never occurred to me that it's like that all happens with needles Oh, yeah. again, you don't see that really in the in the. Well, TV. you
3: don't walk through a spray
1: booth or nothing. Yeah, well, no, but it's like <laughs> spray on was, tan, I figured bed. it was something like a, like an IV a or something. You know, like, oh. some like, of
3: them they can do as an <laughs> IV, but most of it is so harsh that it would just completely destroy the vein. Yeah, because I'm
1: like I'm like the IV is like that. that those needles it's don't the, bother me.
3: Nice scented yeah. candle, right. right? But it's just yeah, that's. Oh. So she she would have the the red devil stuff is is really aggressive, um, it's super strong. It, it but it has a tendency to um, make your heart muscle thin. Uh-huh. So she has to be careful with that now. And she went and had a calcium score and some other heart stuff done recently. But anyway, um, the collateral damage of your mm, yeah, okay, yeah that's chemistry. what I mentioned chemotherapy. It yeah. is. It is. We can put a man on Mars, but we still treat cancer like we're in the Middle Ages. It's yeah. like we're just gonna we're just gonna slash and burn. We're gonna yeah. kill your whole body, and hopefully the cancer won't kill you first. That's, that's that too, essentially yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, we
0: walk around thinking we're scientifically inv- nah. advanced. Nah. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. You, you'll read stuff, especially like like floating around on Reddit and stuff like that, where it's like they talk <clears> about they <throat> de- developing these things that specifically attack this particular part yeah. of the cancer, and yeah. it's like how far off. Is that from a reality, and, and, and not, getting, is, not getting, not getting into like, like the HMO and like the the whole like big pharma and medical yeah. whatever
0: yeah, and the different like, conversations, forget, Like, but, like right? the word cancer or whatever. Even when you're talking like breast cancer, we walk around saying breast cancer, which is really a wide variety oh, of yeah. different
3: There's several tumors. The, the well, dozens, it goes dozens, back to dozens.
1: the the like in a way, it reminds me of when we talked to Jonathan about
3: autism, and it's like yeah, we use right, this one we just blanket term, autism. And right, it, yeah. but there's it really a covers spectrum. like this yeah. huge thing. Well, that's, that's why they call it a spectrum, right? Because yeah. it just yeah. covers yeah. so yeah. much ground. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it's like this, it's just genericing, like it's almost reducing it to say, "Hey, eh, yeah, breast cancer." And it's like, well, there's a nice, well, not nice, but there's like a nicer kind, and then there's like the kind that just devastates you. And yep, I'm not saying that it's nice. <laughs> but It's just like <laughs> if you ever get
3: diagnosed with breast cancer, you really want it to be estrogen positive or negative. You don't want it to be triple triple negative. I'll just tell you that right now. Well, but. yeah, yeah, but it's just it's
1: <clears throat> just learning. Like all the different the the I guess the deeper details that you yeah. don't get in in, in the Hollywoodification no. of it, or it's it's rough. Like that.
3: We um, it's you know, Angie came back. I told you guys that it came back. It took like three or four months. They actually started her treatment without knowing really what kind of cancer it was, um, and they just said we're going to treat it like this because we don't know. So they went after it and treated it as if it was triple negative because it was looking like it was going to be yeah. everywhere they sent it. Um, and then they finally, when she's almost done with chemo, they finally get it back. And then and the doctor, the oncologist, she's like, okay, it's, it's estrogen positive. But it was so sm- – the, the, the margin was so small that it was estrogen positive that they still continued to treat it like it was triple negative because it was huh. like barely. So now she's – You know, my poor wife, she'll tell you right now that she's kind of androgynous because she has no lady parts other than, you know, a vagina because everything else is gone. She has no uterus, no ovaries, no boobs. It's just gone. You know, they took all that out. And, um, you know, they put her on all these medications to keep you from – for producing estrogen, because if you don't have ovaries, your adrenalin, adrenaline glands actually start to produce estrogen oh, in wow. a small amount. So she has to John, take. John, that
1: this, explains so much.
3: It does. <laughs> it's why I got these moobs yeah. right over here. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she takes this estrogen blocker <laughs> every day that um, basically just destroys any estrogen that's in her body. Right. But she have to certain foods that she can't eat, like um, soy. Soy is a horrible food anyway, but she's, she's not supposed to eat anything that has soy in it because of the esters, which can contribute to estrogen production in the body. So she can have soy sauce because it's fermented. It's different, but anything else, she's not supposed to have soy. She's not supposed to have, um, I don't know, certain types of things that produce estrogen so uh or could cause her to produce estrogen but um we uh we went through the medication and we're we're pretty healthy people we eat fairly healthy and and you know we take lots of supplements and work out all the time when she was going through chemo and like i said it was every other one day Uh, and she did seven rounds for the first one and then she did 10 rounds for the second one and then she did 33 treatments of radiation and those are every day you go to radiation every day and the radiation actually worse on her than the chemotherapy was but um the red devil chemotherapy is one of those that, um, it makes your hair fall out. So she had started it and her hair didn't fall out for a couple of months. So it was about, I think it was the first week of December. And this is, if she found out that I was going to tell this story, she'd be really embarrassed, but she, she probably, I don't know. Um, so I, we have a three car garage and in our garage, I have this huge work table and I will go out there and work and i you know, I do carve glass and do some other stuff and painting uh, miniatures and whatnot. And being in the wintertime, I like to work outside cause the garage, it's comfortable. It's nice and cool right. and, and whatever. And so she, I'm working on the garage and she comes out there and she goes, I think my hair's starting to fall out. And my wife's hair at the time was really long down past her bra. It was beautiful. It was one of the things I loved most about her was her hair, just long brown, you know, very pretty hair. She goes, I think my hair is starting to fall out. And I was like, well, it looks fine to me. And she goes, I said, how do you know? She goes, well, I was, she goes, I was in the bathroom and I was ladiescaping. Mm-hmm. And she said, I pulled on it and the hair just came out in my hand like a big clump. Wow. And I was like, well, that's one way to find out, you know. Yes. And they're going really, yeah. and so she like reaches down and pulls again, and there's just this mass, you know, not massive because she was just trim, a but, handful of juicies. Uh, yeah, 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 the wow. the, the, the uh, uh, you know several fingers full of Rubix pubics. So. If, if we were <laughs> uh, Rubix pubics, <laughs> if we were
1: naming like the podcast episodes like we did with hitting on threes, yeah, handful of juicies would have been the. Would title. have been a good
3: one. So, um, I'm like, huh? (laughs) I said, have you pulled the hair on your head? And she, so she's like, no. And she pulls, reaches up and she pulls out a handful of hair. And I mean, she just lost it. Just of course, I'm just sitting there like, oh shit, what do I do? And, um, I'm trying to think, how do we make light of this? We knew it was going to happen. And I'll tell you what, until your wife loses her hair, you don't understand why women or how much women put base their identity on their hair. It never made sense to me why a woman will go to have their hair done every two weeks. It seems like a stupid expense. Why are you doing this? Your hair looks great, blah, blah, blah. No, they, they put a tremendous amount of who they are in their hair. And um, it was devastating. I mean, it was probably more devastating than the diagnosis was her losing her hair. So we wanted to make light of it, and we didn't want to freak the kids out because my daughter's hair is really long and pretty too. And so we didn't want to freak them out. So I was like, hey, let's let's have fun. And she's like, what do you want to do? I was like, let's go in the bathroom and let's shave your head into a mohawk. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And, of course, my head is shaved. And uh, so we go in the bathroom and we tell the kids to come here. And we bring them down there and we let them kind of shave her head. So we were like, screw you, cancer. We're going to get ahead of the game. We're going to have fun of this. So the kids help shave her head and then we take, you know, all kinds of gel and mousse and whatnot. And we put up this mohawk that any, any punk rocker would have been proud of. <laughs> we just needed it to make it blue or green or something, but it was, I've got pictures of it and it was literally about 18 inches tall. <laughs> That's awesome. And we used, I think every hair product known to man. And, but, and, uh, we did that and then she kind of, you know, washed it out and we took pictures and whatnot and the kids had fun with it and then we shaved the rest of it off. So her head was clean shaven and. And then she and I took, you know, bald head pictures together, and the kids <laughs> laughed about that and whatnot. But I'll tell you, as devastating as it was, that made it so much easier because yeah. it was like, screw it. I'm doing this on my terms. Yes. I'm not going to let, you know, this diagnosis or this this disease tell me how it's going to shape me. I'm going to tell it how I'm going to shape it. Right. It was very, very important to really take charge of that because so often uh, a cancer diagnosis, you become um, – a pawn of your doctor or your diagnosis. You let how you feel really become who you are. Right. And it's really important to say, I'm not going to let how bad I feel take precedence onto my, or, or, or attach itself to my personality or my job or my work or whatever. And so, um, we really made a point to anytime, anything like that happened that we were going to make sure that it, it did what we wanted, not what we did, what it was trying to do. So, um, you know, she's got you know shaved head now and whatnot, and and she she had this wig, and luckily it was really funny because it just providence. Um, but we had uh, one of her best friends owned a wig store, and so she went down there to get a wig, and and I mean, got this great wig for almost next to nothing, and it was beautiful. And every time she wore it, people thought it was her real hair. It looked that good. Wow. Uh, matter of, I mean, she gave it away once her hair grew back, but. Um, you know going through all that and then going through radiation was so hard but I mean she would go to chemo every Monday and then she would go to boot camp I mean she'd get out of the chemo chair after four hours of having poison pushed into her and she would go work out wow and you know everybody at boot camp thought she was you know just Superman I mean she really is but uh, I, I tell every doctor she goes to that she's Wolverine she <laughs> heals so fastly I, and I'll get to the story about that in a minute because no the doctors don't believe her until Until a week later when she goes back for follow-up and they're like, oh, my God. Um, But uh, as a man going through all this, especially with my kids, you know, you take a vow that, you know, you would be there in sickness and in health, rich or poor, et cetera, et cetera. And you say the words and they mean something to you, but they don't really mean what they're supposed to mean until something happens. You know we've been poor we've been so poor that we had to borrow money from our parents and i mean just to keep our house and and we've been rich where we've done well and we've been able to give money away but we would never really been sick and so with this um you know it makes me very angry and and there may be people listening right now that you did this or you've experienced this and trust me i am not judging it makes me angry but i am going to call you out Um, Because there are people that we know where their wives got breast cancer and the men left. And I'm like, you are just a coward. You know, I understand. It's fucking hard. Pardon my French, but there's no other way to say it. It's hard. Um, Because as a man, your job is to protect your family. You know, and you can do that from physical harm or even financial harm. You have ways to try and alleviate that. But when your family member gets sick, you can do nothing. You know. You can tell them, oh, you can be moral support and prayers and all that other stuff. Great. It means nothing because they are suffering and you have to watch. And you feel completely powerless, completely helpless. I mean, go to the doctor with them. And the doctor tells them that they're dying. And you get yeah. to sit there. You know, and you're going, well, that's my wife. Oh, I could be completely selfish and go, well, it's my wife, and she's dying, and oh, poor pitiful me. Uh-uh, no, <laughs> nothing compared to what they're going through. And you, know, you feel even guilty for even thinking that. And, and as a person, you will because it's human nature to think things like that. But you can't do anything. The only thing you can do is be there for them. And with Angie, Angie, when she's sick, she doesn't like people hovering over her. And the tendency is to hover because you're like, I just want to make sure you're comfortable and sure, do you need anything? And she, I mean, she flat out told me if you ask me if I need anything one more time, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you know, and I had to learn to go. I need to treat her just as normal. If she needs something, she'll tell me, and really just not put the disease and like I said, make the disease tell us how we were going to live. So, um, you know, but it, it was really it was the hardest thing that I had to deal with and I would sometimes just get in my truck and go for a drive and just cry because I I was so frustrated and angry that I couldn't do nothing and I'm trying to be a good father and be a good husband but is my wife going to die am I going to be you know have to to raise kids although my kids were older at the time still I'm just going to have to be you know, the just the sole parent for for a time. Will my kids, you know, and this is me just being very low self esteemish. But you know, will my kids even come around if my wife is not here anymore because she's kind of the anchor and it's like you know I'm just I'm just dad. I'm the disciplinarian. She's not, you know. And in, in my relationship <laughs> that with my kids, sounds it, familiar. well, my relationship with my kids is good, but. I mean, she has a special relationship. You yeah. know, it's your mom. Yeah. Yeah. in The company that I work for, my boss always says there's two people that you trust, your doctor and your mother. <laughs> and it's the truth. Um, and so, you know, things like, will my kids even come around? Will I be able to handle this? you know, she wants me to remarry, I don't want to, but what if I met someone, how would I do that, would the kids feel bad, I mean, you think about all this stuff, and it's just like, ah, it overwhelms you.
0: And you have plenty of time to think about all this stuff. Oh, God, all
3: all this time, yeah, because they're going through treatment, and they're dealing with it, and you just get to sit by like a bystander, I mean, it it really is like, it's like watching a train wreck, you can watch it happen, you can even experience it, but you can do nothing about it, and um, so dealing with that, you know, she's the strongest person I've ever met, but... I know that I'm not the only guy out there that's ever experienced that because I I know that it's common. And the thing I really want to say is, you know, it is common, but what I found helped was talking to other people. You guys were a big support system for me just doing the podcast and and being friends. You know, I love you dearly for that. And, and, and you, you guys are considered part of my family because if it hadn't been for y'all, I don't know what I would have done. I'll be honest. Um, just because to have that outlet, the, we laughed so much and we talked about just stupid shit, but it was really a a break from the the new normal that we had. And, um, I am
1: pretty awesome.
3: You are. I mean, <laughs> sometimes when you're not fouling the air, <laughs> or, or being an utter and complete duke, But Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, just all of that and just having that was really important. And so if you're dealing with that and you're going through this, you know, you've got to have an outlet. Don't let your wife or your husband's situation, um, consume you. You've got to be normal to some degree. Otherwise you'll go crazy. You just will. Um, but with my kids they dealt with it fairly you would never know that anything was wrong with my wife with my kids wow. you know they went through life as normal we actually didn't see anything manifest with my kids as far as behavior issues until after she was you know cancer free and and it'd been a year my my daughter kind of went off the deep end and got in some trouble at school and got kicked off the cheerleading squad. And my son, you know, got not in trouble at school, but just trouble with some bad decisions and some other things that that he was dealing with. And when we talked to him about it, 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 They couldn't really just come out and say, yeah, it was because we were dealing with all the stress with mom. But as you had a conversation with them, you realized that this was just stuff they'd been internalizing. They just needed like a release valve. Yep. And and so that was coming out. So, you know, that happened, but it made us better parents and stronger parents. It actually opened up a new level of communication with my kids because we realized that they'd been internalizing all this because they didn't know how to talk about it. But we didn't know how to talk about it with them either. And we just assumed... While they're doing great, and you look at it on the outside and think that, okay, these kids are gonna be, you know, they're gonna be fine instead of really sitting down with them or trying to get in them some type of counseling or whatever. Um, And I would advise that, you know, that you get your kids in some type of support group or or some type of counselor, give them somebody that they can go talk to in confidence about the issues going on, because you're their parents. You know, kids don't talk to parents, they talk to somebody else. I was a coach. Uh, you guys know that for 19 years. I used to have parents come up to me all the time and say, I've told my kid a hundred times to do what you just told them to do. And they ran off like you were God and, and they went and did it. But if I tell them it's, they won't. Why is that? And I You're like be- burpees, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and, and, yeah, and I'm like, because I'm their coach, I'm not their parent. And I'm, I don't, you know, it's, it's a different relationship. I always tell people, put people in your kids' lives that influence them in the way you want them to be influenced. You can control that as a parent, you really can, and uh, it's That's a just, pro dad tip right there, absolutely. Um, and so you know, we didn't do that where this was concerned because we kind of took advantage of the fact that they were just really strong. And when we when they started acting out, though, we kind of had to sit down and talk to them about it, but it let us open up conversation. For instance, my son was a senior and he uh, wanted to go to a party or whatever. And we knew that we'd probably be drinking or whatnot. And and we were like, no. And he was like, the next time he came to us and he said, look, my friends and I, we want to drink and we're either going to go over to so-and-so's house and drink. And I'm going to lie to you about it. Or can they come over here? And we all spend the night here and, and drink, you know, some beer and play video games. And I told him, I I mean, what do you do? You know, uh, either ruin the communication that your son just completely opened up to you about, or, um, you, you approach it from a compromise type standpoint. And I said, look, you know, I can't stop you from doing it. you're going to do, I, I love you for, for not lying to me, you know, thank you. That's a very adult thing to do. Um, and I said, but <clears throat> whoever's coming over here, I need to talk to their parents. Their parents are going to know what's going on over here. And I'm taking all your keys. And he said, okay. So I talked to all the parents, and all the parents were fine with it, and they said, "Thank you for doing this. Thank you for letting us know. Now we know where they're at. They're safe. We don't have to worry about them." And I'm like, "Great!" And that, the, all of that type of communication actually came out of my wife getting sick, because you really, we really had to start having those kinds of conversations. I mean, about life and death and change and you know all that kind of stuff that you kind of take for granted. I think as a parent. Um, so, but since then you know, she went through radio, she went through radiation. So you go through chemotherapy and then they do a PET scan, a positron emission, positron emitting tomography, topography, something like that. Um, it's basically a heavy duty CT where they put in this radioactive glucose in your blood and they basically let you sit and marinate for a couple hours or an hour or something like that. So it gets all through your body. And then they put you in the scanner and cancer tumors often they feed on glucose. And so, um, Anyway, so she goes back in for and she now she's been through 17 rounds chemo or however many she went through. And they do this PET scan and two hot spots come up under her left arm. Uh. So it was back in two lymph nodes. And and the doctors like floored. I mean, they're just you just done all this chemo and yet this cancer is here. So she has another surgery to take the two lymph nodes out. They didn't find it anywhere else. So now we're up to 19 <laughs> lymph nodes. Um they didn't find it anywhere else, and so now she has to heal for six weeks. before she can start radiation, because radiation is going to be on her left side, you know, radiation is pretty intense. But you've got to do it five days a week. They don't do it on weekends, and it takes about an hour. So you have to be there every day. And hers was 33 rounds. Man. And the radiation, she had a harder time with radiation. You know, there's no drugs or anything. You just literally lay on this thing, and they zap you with you know radiac radiation, uh, and it's pretty pretty concentrated but that made her tired she would come home and take a nap uh, every day after that because it just saps you ruins your whole body and um so she did that and after that then she has to start reconstruction because you can't do you can do reconstruction right at the time they do the mastectomy but if you do that they can't do chemo while you're healing so you have to heal first before they can start Well, she was like screw that i want to get this stuff started i want to get this taken care of So, um, she waits some time and then she starts reconstruction and because of her funnel chest, her reconstruction was really, really difficult. And they put in these things called expanders that are kind of hard on the back. And then the front is, um, stretchy and they fill it with saline. And what they do is they put it under your, your chest, your skin, and then they, they fill it up every couple of weeks with like 200 cc's of, uh, saline to, to basically stretch out your skin to make boobs. Uh, or boob-shaped things, and then then they'll take those out and they'll put in implants to make it soft uh, and make it, you know, shape it. Well, with hers, because of her funnel chest, it was difficult. They anchor the the, um, expanders to your uh, ribs. They they tie them, but because hers was bent on one side, one of the expanders kept ripping, and she had had expanders put in four times. That makes me hurt.
0: Yeah, well... That's just more trauma.
3: Well, and it wasn't supposed to rip, and we had to end up suing Johnson and Johnson, Johnson or whoever made the thing, and we just wanted them Thanks, to pay man, for the Thanks, man. That's
0: surgery. why Q-tips are $8 a box Right. <laughs> no, <it's true. laughs> that's why but, you buy we, the up and up but or we were. But, <laughs> yeah. they
3: were, I mean, they just came back, and they're like, this shouldn't have happened. This is a faulty thing or whatever, and we're like, okay, great. Well, you're paying for the surgery because right. it was like $15,000 that we had to pay yeah. out of our pocket, and so... Um, Anyway, we finally got them where they paid for the surgery and thank you for doing that, J and J or whoever you are. Um, but it happened again and it happened again. And so she ended up they ended up putting them in but not anchoring them down and they finally got it to where they looked somewhat normal. She still wasn't happy with it. Then um, she's had she's had a couple of other surgeries related to it, but this most recent one she had last Friday. And today is October 1st, so this was the 24th or 23rd, something like that. And it they call it a mommy surgery. It's basically where you get a tummy tuck, and then they take the fat off your abdomen and build boobs out of it. And uh, we got insurance to pay for it because it was all cancer-related. Uh, but there's only three surgeons in the state of Texas that do this surgery, and they happen to be wow. here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so she had that done. But, I mean... She's literally got a, an incision from behind her right hip to behind her left hip, all the way across her bikini line, and then her boobs look like railroad tracks because they've just—it's got big crisscrossing sutures and stuff right here, and um, uh, you know. But now, now they actually look 100% normal. They're bigger than they were, and so she's very happy with that. And she has a flat stomach, nice. so she's really happy with that. But that that was the thirteenth surgery. Wow, um, long road to get there. Yeah, yeah, and she might have to have one more, but hopefully after that she should be finished. And I, it's just been a long road to hoe.
0: I do have one question for you about the the reconstruction because you mm-hmm. told me something interesting that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nipple options. Oh yeah,
3: nipple options. So they they have different things, and that's the weirdest thing is when your wife has reconstruction. Um, you know, I mean, when they take their shirt off, there's no nipples there. I mean, they they look, I don't know, kind of like some action from, figures. Yeah, like, very Siana. Barbie-ish, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, and then of course the scars and whatnot. But uh, they have a couple of different things they can do for, and it's purely cosmetic. There's no and sensation in them whatsoever. But I want to know.
0: I want to get Joe's vote and Galan's vote on which of these <laughs> options they would choose after you go over them. So
3: let me start off with the the most the easiest option, and that would be tattoos. And there are there are medical tato- tattooists out there that do, basically they tattoo the areola on, and then they tattoo a nipple to look like it. I mean, it looks 3D. If you were to look kind of from the side, you're like, wow, that looks like a freaking nipple. That shadow works amazing. It, it, <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah. absolutely incredible. And, and the skin tones and the way they do it, it's gorgeous. I've seen other women who went in, and they had butterflies tattooed where their nipples would be. Because, I mean, it's ser- seriously, they're the only ones in their husband or, or right. wife are the <clears> only <throat> ones that are going to see it. So, um you know, they may have some kind of funky design or whatever. Hey, more power to you. Angie Angie actually doesn't have anything. She didn't choose to do anything because she's like, why, uh, whatever. Yeah. But um, the other one is more invasive, and they actually go in and they take um, skin from the woman's vulva. Huh. Yeah, basically they trim their lips, yeah. if you will. And then they use that skin to build um, an act. – they'll tattoo the areola on, but they'll actually – build a nipple wow. out of that. Now there's no sensation in it whatsoever. You know, there's they it's don't cosmetic. it's completely cosmetic, one hundred percent. And I'm like, I don't know if I want anybody cutting on my junk to build a nipple yeah. <laughs> out.
1: <know? Yeah>. We <laughs> can put people on Mars, <laughs> we can't cure cancer, but we can build, build, you know, build a nipple out of yep, it heck yeah. So, so, so
2: guys, uh, <laughs> I would I would say not, My vote would probably just be nothing. <laughs> yeah, just no. nothing really. Yeah, uh, maybe I, maybe tattoo, but like, I mean, I, but it's not me. It's not for me to say.
1: That's, so that's really yeah. It would be whatever Teresa was comfortable with. Cause I yeah yeah yeah. But if you got, to I choose. don't have a preference because both of them are kind of. It's hard for me to imagine what that's. Yeah. You guys are no fun. I We're know. Not fun. John was like. They, I do have an
2: ass Build a
1: nipple yeah, That's yeah. A <laughs> Build a <laughs> nipple
3: That's oh a John 1 Hashtag build a nipple Hashtag build a nipple Oh my god <laughs> It's one of those things That I, I was never You know you hear um, Guys refer to as Boob men Or, or butt men Or whatever And I've never really been either um, But You know, I just want my wife to be happy and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is way
0: worth way more. Yeah, absolutely.
3: But our relationship has gotten better. Of course, our kids are older and we're technically into empty nesters, even though my son's living with us. He works all the time where he's gone. But, you know, we date more. We go out more. We spend more time together. Uh, I travel for work and she'll come and join me. You know, these are things that we took for granted. And it's hard to do when your kids are little. Um, But even as you get older... One of the things we were talking to one another is, well, we've been through cancer and survived that, but now our kids are gone. Are we going to turn into those people that get divorced once their kids are gone because their kids were their whole life? And that's very common. You know, people, their kids leave, and now it's just you and your, your like, spouse. Oh, we don't have anything in common it's anymore. It's like for or 18 anything. or 19 years, it's been you, me, and and the kids, and who are you? Right. And you really don't know your spouse anymore because now you're having to know them 20 years in the future from when you met him Right. Um, and so, you know, we've cancer has kind of caused us to really kind of reevaluate who we are as people, um, who we are as a, a couple, um, what our marriage is like, what's important in our marriage. Um, you know, our senses of humor changed, but things that used to, we used to ma- matter a lot to us don't matter anymore. Um, just stuff that we used to deal with or get mad over, angry with, it's like, God, that was so petty. You know, there, there's so much out there that is so much more involved or worth getting angry over. Um, so that's changed uh, quite a bit, too. And, you know, there's, it's funny because if you deal with cancer in a positive way, if you keep your attitude well, uh, high, as high as it can be, if you continue to follow a normal life, as normal as can be you go to work every day you know you don't spend all your time in your pajamas you get up you take a shower you, you get ready you go places to the best of your ability when you do that it makes the kind of the disease it diminishes it a little bit so it doesn't consume you and uh, but it also makes you reevaluate just how really how you look at everything the, the sky is bluer and the trees are greener and you know the heat is hotter and the cold is colder you really you, you start looking at just things that are more important. Yeah. That's good. Well, well I've talked me- a lot. Yeah, no, no. It's <laughs> been
0: it's been great. Thank you so much for coming yes, on. Thank uh, you. Sure. detox and sharing about your story. I think I think there's gonna be so many dads out there that find this valuable. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, I hope so. I one
3: one before you know, the things that are most important is as a man or a woman, do a breast exam on a monthly basis. And as a man, you need to be doing a testicular exam too because we often, that's what I was thinking when I said you, prostate you really, yeah. was a testicular thing. Yeah. It's all kind of in the same. But, way. Yeah, but yeah. you need to be doing it. I mean, I, I was, I, I neglected them. I'll be honest. I, I did not do them and I'll do, I do them just about every time I get in the shower, just because I've made it a habit. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and do it. But if you're in the shower, I mean, it takes a few seconds to to a testicular exam I and mean, it's, big-time beneficial because if you find something, if it's early, testicular cancer is curable. Same as breast yeah. cancer. You find it early, it's curable. Um, your colon cancer, same thing. Find it early, curable. Uh, even if you're a smoker and you're older, they can do these things called a low-dose CT lung scan, which is essentially a high-dose um, chest X-ray. Yeah. but lung cancer oftentimes isn't found until it's already stage three or stage four when yeah. it's almost incurable, but with a low dose CT lung scan, you can find it at stage one or two, yeah. which they can still, um, cure at that stage. So, you know, get checked. It, it pays to do so and check yourself, but also your mammograms are important almost every state in the country. And I know this cause I work in healthcare. Um, if you don't have insurance, they, there are ways to get, um, mammograms for free. Even diagnostic mammograms for free. And they're, ask your local hospital, ask your doctor. Um, You know, and and as a man, you should be checking your breasts as well because men do get breast cancer. Peter Chris, the drummer for for Kiss, had breast cancer, and a few others. Turns out the terrible music did it to him. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, uh, the other thing that we did, too, just last but not least, is. We went through the medical route. We went through the chemotherapy and the radiation, but we also changed our lifestyle. We changed what food we ate. My wife took supplements, um, all kinds of, she went and had her blood evaluated to look at things that might be going on in her blood. She started treating it like that. She basically went on a keto diet, um, uh, keto uh, to keep herself in ketoacidosis and, and, um, really take all the sugar out of her blood so that there was nothing for the cancer to feed on. I mean, it's really important. And, you know, I think all of that combined with the, the chemotherapy and everything else really is what, um, I mean, she's been cancer free for five years since her surgery was done. She hasn't had it uh, other than the two lymph nodes and, uh, she still takes that stuff every day. And, um, you know, she, she always will. But so I think that's important to look at it more than just the medical aspect of it, but treat it, trust your doctor, but don't trust your doctor to know you because your doctor does not know who you are. Your doctor knows how to treat your disease, but, um, you know, work on, do what your doctor says, but also learn to treat yourself. So that's my, my, PSA for the that's day that's awesome, awesome right? thanks man <laughs> I think
0: we'll, we'll have to have you back on sometime because I'm still curious about your journey as a dad through sort of like all, all the stages of your kids lives oh, so sure. far so yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome You want? will you uh, stick around and have some fun with us after the break of course okay. I've got a couple of dad jokes with it. okay <laughs> awesome alright so we'll be back with America's favorite segments We're back. Joe had to take off, so uh, he's gone for this last part. We didn't kill him or anything; it was amicable. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> he, he just uh, he had to leave. So we're gonna move on to America's favorite segment, dad jokes. Yep. So I
1: mentioned having asked the dad that, that I had an asked a dad in the last one, but with Joe not being here, I want to <laughs> save it for the next episode. So okay. uh, there is no asked a dad this time. Sounds good. So guys, uh, I'm just.
0: Does everyone have a dad joke? I do have dad I have two.
3: One is very, very light and the other one is probably more not adult but you wouldn't want to tell it to you'd want to tell it to your teenagers (laughs) got you oh is it cool if i tell
0: you my terrible jokes real quick and then i can throw it off to someone okay um so guys what do you call a buccaneer (laughs) what (laughs) a good price for corn
1: uh here's
0: another one guys how's an ear of corn like an army
1: it's a bunch full of kernels. It's
0: full of kernels. Oh, yeah. look at you! Yeah. way to go, Dad. And uh, one more here. What does corn use for money?
1: Mm, I don't know. Idea.
0: bread. Oh. My oh, miso goodness. corny. Oh, oh, miso corny. Over <laughs> oh, to you, Galon. Wow. Wow.
1: Um, my wife keeps telling me to stop pretending to be butter. Yeah, <laughs> But I'm on a roll now. Uh, okay. uh, let's see. Where Please tell me
3: that you have a rim shot sound. <laughs> <with you. laughs> yeah. in, post, in post. How many
1: ears does Captain Kirk have? How many? Three. The left ear, the right ear, and the final front ear.
3: Uh, oh, nice. nice.
0: I like that joke because it's not unlike how many knees yep. wow. you have.
1: And then because Ellie Ellie asked me to tell this twice on the way to the wedding yesterday, and you've heard it, but Matt probably hasn't. So... I saw a seagull today. Mm. It was huge. It was almost big enough to be a deagle. <laughs> but not big enough to be an eagle. <laughs> that's awful. She loves, <laughs> she loves that one for some reason. That one, in the, I think from the first episode, it's like, what's heavy? What's,
3: what's blue and not heavy? Light blue. Light blue. <laughs> she loves that. That's a, that's a great joke. Like, those are her two favorites that I've told. All right. So uh, what, what do dinosaurs use for money? What? Tyrannosaurus checks. Nice, (laughs) nice. We
0: got two money jokes in there.
3: We had like four corn jokes. That's right. That's right. So, and here's my here's the other one. This was the one you want to tell to your teenagers. So, did you hear about the rapper who would only perform on her menstrual cycle? No. It was it was really known that she had a a mean flow. (laughs) Oh.
1: John, did you Google corny dad jokes?
0: Yes,
3: you I did. have. Yes, I do. I have an entire YouTube channel that's nothing but dad jokes. I'm going to give oh, to you guys. <laughs> that'd, that'd be <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, right on. They so, do. Uh, they do dad you. joke competitions where they try oh, and make each other some, laugh with dad jokes. It's pretty good. Some, some good. So. some good dad jokes. Oh yeah all right checks that
0: was america's favorite segment dad jokes now we're going to move on to america's favorite segment things to check out Mm. um it's sort of self-explanatory but that's not going to stop me from explaining it to you this is where (laughs) stolen from hitting on threes threes, this is a segment where uh we go around the table and share things that we think that are cool that you should check out they can be dad related but they're almost never dad related
1: almost never
0: Almost mm. never, guys. I've been playing this video game. It's it's kind of old. It's been out for a long time at this point, but it's called Slime Rancher. <laughs> and uh, you're like on some alien planet, going around getting sounds, slimes. And that that sounds
3: like your Friday night. Yes. <laughs> <slimer>. <laughs> so
0: is, is it like a like a? People say I'm a real slime rancher.
1: <laughs> you're a real slimer. Yeah. Um, is it like it's an RT? Is reason. it a re- like a real time strategy kind of game, or is it like? It's a-
0: more of like an FPS farm oh. simulator. Okay, I think so you showed
3: can... me this where you're farming slimes or something. Yeah, you yeah. farm slimes, you grow them There's different I, I types. They make different out.
0: things. It's a fun little game. I mean, I think
1: a... I've seen it before. Like on, some I YouTube did too way thing. back in the day, and I, apparently I added
0: it to my wish list. And it went on um, sale. It went on sale, and Emo Mike bought it for
1: me. Oh wow! You know, speaking of going on sale, they had a Battlefleet Gothica. Not well, yeah, 40, it is, it's like a forty dollar game, and they had it for like twelve dollars one day, and oh, I, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be on. It'll, it'll be on sale for a while." Nope, it's not on sale anymore. Yeah, dude, I, I totally would have bought that. It's for fun. 12, 12 I have it on bucks. tablet. I do. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah.
0: Outside of Mordheim, there there have been like which I bought like when it was in like whatever alpha or whatever, which mm. was a yeah. mistake. But anyways, it's a cool game now. But uh, I've looked at all those forty k games, and I always want to buy them. But even after they they're out forever. A lot of times they They're, are yeah. still expensive. Dude,
1: speaking of uh, Warhammer, we need to play uh, Vermintide again. Yeah, that
0: Verminide's game's one. great, and they've had yeah. an expansion for that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but no, that, that's awesome. Yeah, the, it seems like we've kind of been on a video game kick lately. Like we're uh, doing video, like su- suggesting video games.
0: I I also have a Fantasy Grounds solo module that uh, we could run through sometime if you oh, wanted that'd to. That'd be awesome if yeah. we had like a few hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's what, Matt and I um, just did it last night. It was pretty. Oh,
1: fun. cool, cool. So, uh, so what my suggestion is is. And this is kind of actually parenting related. So if you're here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, especially in the mid-cities, which is, you know, Hershelus Bedford, North Wilson Hills and stuff, there is a wonderful paint studio called Central Arts of Bedford. And essentially, the the lady that runs the, the studio, um, her name's Randy, and she does paint classes for kids. So, you know, there's a, a painting here, and then there's a seahorse on the other wall, and we have a handful of paintings up. And it's really for ages six and up, but, like, uh, Ellie's friend was six, and so she was able to go. And she was so well-behaved that Randy said that she could come on her own. Um, but it's, you know, like $20, it's a two-hour class, it's a drop-off class. Uh, but nearby, there's a there's a pub, and then there's a Twisted Root, so you could go and eat and Hamburgers, whatever, yeah. Um, but it's, it's really cool. Like, she's really, really good with the kids. Um, Ellie has expressed a lot of interest in painting. Nice. Uh, we had picked up some, uh, some canvases and I, there was a, uh, a, a really cool easel that I got for like 15 bucks. It's like a table
3: easel. You got to get her um, a kid's
1: airbrush. Well,
3: she's not that talented yet. It doesn't matter. Start <laughs> her with it. And trust me, she'll love it because no, it's I, like drawing with a pen.
1: They don't have to check into that, but it, you know, essentially it's just, it's, it's doing something to promote my kid's creativity. So it went with sure. the, the guitar earlier. um, but it's like if you don't have one, if you're not in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you're elsewhere, look for you know like kid painting classes, you know 15, 20 bucks, it's a couple of hours, so it's great entertainment for them. But you know give them the opportunity to express themselves. It seems like every kid that's there has fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you get some hideous art to display, and <laughs> um, you know if they really if they really have a good time with it, then really if you go through Amazon, it's there there are art supplies out there the easel canvases not that expensive at all no. i mean all, all things considered um
3: and you don't have to buy the grumbachers and the others you know the windsor newtons for your you know five-year-old no, no, either like, you can get the cheap stuff and it works just great so. yeah
1: i mean you, you know the, and that's what one of the things we're doing for christmas this year is where she's she ellie loves minecraft and we're going to get like the four by four and actually joe gave us gave her some for uh their, his family gave her some for her birthday and make little minecraft heads
3: y'all do th- paper mache
1: no, no. Just, she's just going to paint little four by four. Get her some canvases or you know, make paper mache too. Yeah, but it's just it's to, to to give out that way. It's it's art that she created yeah. that she can give to awesome. the people that she considers family. But That's it's awesome. That's cool. it's uh, they're they're doing one. The reason I suggested is they're doing one the Friday before way we get together for the movie. Um, they're doing a a class where they're they're painting pumpkins for fall slash Halloween. Nice. Um, and so she's really excited about that. Um, they sometimes they do some family classes and they do. Um, classes for adults too they have uh, recreating Picasso paintings mm-hmm. um, and so it, 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 it's uh, it's really cool it's just to, I mean I'm not a, I'm not someone when we played 40k Jonathan and him his wife have gone into those like, yeah. like they'll have like are they wine when, and painting yeah like or paint by companies? numbers no, we've done or,
3: that no, we've done the painting with a twist we've been yeah, the that's, the yeah, twist. Painting with twist. yeah. that's a blast yeah. my son's taking girls on dates to those yeah so yeah, it's, 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 it's how really cool it look out cool. for him He's not dating him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) His artwork was that
1: bad. I I do think it's it's just it's it's one of those things where it's uh, supporting like a kind of like a small business. Yeah, you know, and and, and, you know it's it's really cool. So yeah, so Central Art of Bedford. If you're here in the DFW area, if not, you can Facebook them, Google, you know, kids painting classes in your area In, in. You know, support your kids' artistic things. I mean, mean, and if
0: you take them and they're really crappy, it's never too early for weight training. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know, get them out there shooting three pointers, free throws.
1: Speaking of three pointers, my mom has set up like this, like, there's a little basketball goal we have, Mm -hmm. and Ellie's been, um, like, just running with the ball and shooting it. But there's this great slow-mo video that she took off to show you guys because, like, Ellie gets her – she gets a serious game face when she's driving towards – Is that the one hey, you man, showed me she'll... with, with
3: the, the split-legged double pump behind-the-back dunk? No, she's not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
0: she'll get some skills so one day she can actually make it to the WNBA where she'll still have to have a part-time job at Taco Bell.
1: That would be pretty cool.
3: <laughs>
1: wow. Right, well. One can dream. <laughs> All right, oh, what do you got, guys. Matt? You have anything, Jeff? For us? Well, to check uh,
3: out? i was going to piggyback on what you said. Um, also, um, artistic classes, but cooking classes. My, oh, my yeah. kids were little. Oh, That's a great idea too. My yeah. kids were little. There's a there was a. It's an old church that the lady turned into like an event center in the oh. town that I live in, and uh, she would do in the summers. It was a two week class. And it was called um, cooking with kids, nice. and she would just teach them basics kitchen safety. But they got a recipe book that they made everything in it, and then they could take it home and make it again. And it was simple kid friendly stuff, but it taught them you know the basics of mixing things and stuff but they loved it and both my kids cook now and and I I do all the cooking at home so that helped but those are fun and great for kids the thing um, that I told you guys earlier about the the YouTube channel with the dad jokes since this is a dad podcast that YouTube channel is all deaf digital A-L-L-D-E-F digital and it's called You Laugh You Lose and basically, it's it's teams of guys that get together and they try and make each other laugh, telling just the, the stupidest dead jokes ever. Oh, and it's hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, comedians uh, or whatever. check that out on YouTube. Yeah, they're funny.
0: Nice. nice. Well, awesome. Right on, guys. Well, that was America's Favorite Segment, Things to Check Out. So we've come to that point in time that we come to in every podcast where it's time to wind things down. Uh, wind things down. And that means, of course, voting on which hashtag will be the official hashtag for this episode. Um, So, we have hashtag chest cooties. We
3: left one out, though. We left out hashtag sausage fingers.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. We'll throw that on there. Hashtag sausage fingers. (laughs) Sorry, Galan.
3: That's okay. Hashtag
0: fecal factory. (sighs) Hashtag uniboob. Uniboob. Hashtag Rubik's Pubics. Mm. And hashtag build a nipple. Uh, Matt, you're our guest. Which one of those, uh, would you like to vote for?
3: You know, I'm going to go with Rubik's Pubics. All right. Galan, what do, what do you say? The
0: fecal Factory. Ooh.
3: We're going to have to have an outside party. We're going to have to have Teresa's vote. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to go hashtag build a nipple.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> that's a three-way tie. Uh... Teresa, do we let Galan's wife be the tiebreaker? I think so. She might be. Right, she t- might pick one. So those you, are the, you,
1: these are the hashtags.
0: Do you like hashtag Fecal Factory, hashtag Rubix Pubics, or hashtag Build a Nipple more?
1: Not knowing the context behind any of those. Nope. I think she narrowed it down to two. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do, 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 do. I would say you've narrowed it down to Fecal Factory and Rubik's Pubics.
3: Yes. Y'all have been married a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be 10 I mean, boom. 10 years next year. All right,
0: factory. Teresa, reveal oh, what is Fecal it? Factory Fecal Factory uh, it is. Beat out by a narrow margin. <laughs> That's <There's> mine. <laughs> Hashtag Fecal Factory. We'll, we'll, Guys, do, we'll do
1: honorable mentions for the other two since it go. came okay. down to an outside really source. Did.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Um, so a- as always, you can find out all of our information on how you can contact us or support us at detoxpodcast.com. Um, you can find our email or social media there where you can submit your own Ask the Dads questions, uh, dad jokes, or things to check out. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover in future episodes or if you know dads that have stories that need to be told, you can send them our way there. Also, you'll find a link to our Patreon, which for as little as $2 a month, you can get the bonus segments that we record for each and every episode, um, or we try to every episode. And on just uploaded a ton of those to get us caught up, I noticed. Yep. So that was yep. cool. Um, and uh, we just want to let you, we want to thank you guys, everyone who's participated in our September uh, contest giveaway to. Everyone that liked us on Facebook and, and uh, during the month of September and before, you're, you've been entered into a drawing to receive a free pr- uh, gift from our sponsors. Is,
1: yeah, diaper dude, the Carrier Plus uh, diaper bag,
0: and it's it's a really cool diaper bag that doesn't look like a diaper bag. Yep. So so dads, you don't have to feel weird carrying around some kind it, of. It looks like a Yeti cooler or something. <laughs> yeah, they, they look cool. They look like uh, they kind of look like messenger bags or more utility yeah. bags and like yeah. Um, so anyways, they're cool. So, uh, Galan is going to be taking care of that drawing and we're going to make an announcement through our Facebook and we'll probably yep. mention the winner also our next episode. Yeah, will we'll, come we'll up start out with a uh,
1: congratulations. So yeah, so be sure to check our Facebook page and then if you're the one that wins, then we will contact you directly. And
0: mm-hmm. if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, go ahead and go do it because we will be most likely doing future, uh, giveaways yep. in the future and that's likely how we're going to be pulling the people. Um, yep. Pulling a winner. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening once again, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. And Thanks for having. Me. Will you come back in the future? Maybe. Maybe. All right. We got you, to wine and If you kiss dynam- me softly.
3: Uh, well,
0: we <laughs> determined last episode that Galan has soft lips. So, <laughs> I-, I. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, guys thank you for listening thank you for telling other dads about us uh you can always go out and five-star rate us and, re- and review us on itunes that helps us out a lot and until next time remember hashtag fecal and hashtag be a better dad
1: special thanks to john justin and eddie for supporting the podcast thanks so much guys